Welcome to Worth Reading Wednesdays here at the Columbus Lounge Public Library System. This is a podcast hosted by CLPLS librarians about books we're reading and recommending and anything else that has caught our attention. My name is Tori and I am the Children's and Teen Services Librarian here at the Columbus Lounge Public Library System and I am again here with I'm Nicole. I'm the Acquisitions and Cataloging Coordinator. Still? Oh my gosh. No yeah, way. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't been given away yet. Okay. Well, if, I hope they'll keep me. If anybody tries to give you away, come get me. I'll be your little guard chihuahua. Okay. I'll tear up their ankles. <laughs> Nipping at the, at the ankles. Okay. And we just, I just came from watching the Faye Kegler Children's Book mm-hmm. Festival where Jason Reynolds is the keynote speaker. And if you know me, you know mm. I'm a Jason Reynolds fangirl. Yeah. So listening to him talk is like one hour long sound bite. And I just want to put it in front of every single person ever and be like, listen to this man, open his mouth and gold comes out of it. And I'm like, <laughs> what? He had a Q&A session after and I specifically asked about his female characters because he mentioned in his speech that he wrote like every book he writes is a little piece of himself and he wrote one book in the ghost series which we have in the children's section that I asked you to purchase Mm -hmm. Uh, the book's called Patina and he said you know he wrote that based on his experiences of growing up and seeing that the females in his neighborhood had more responsibilities just because they were females Wow! and I was like dang and there's so many things I could say he just dropping wisdom left and right talking about how he wasn't a reader and you know that's something if you know about Jason Reynolds you know mm. his backstory right he would he didn't read books till he was 18 years old mm. and he was talking about how how am I supposed to read a book that don't have nothing to do with me like exactly how, that Scout Finch does not look like me mm. old man in the sea like what what does that got to do with a you know a black kid growing up what is what mm. does that have to do with me it doesn't and right. he just talks about how like good literature is literature that sees you just as much as you see it. And he's talking about how he grew, he went to college, he got into English, and failed his English class two times because he he was like she was a hater. Because you know when you're that age, <laughs> oh you're, any teacher you don't get along with, they just it's not your fault. They they are the hater. <laughs> and he's talking about how she's like, well I'm gonna do you a favor. And he goes, I always tell. You know, kids, be suspicious of a teacher who's going to do you a favor because normally it's a setup. And she gave him a passing grade in that class because she knew the next class he had to go to was Shakespeare. (laughs) And and so, no. um, And he he went to the Shakespeare class and didn't do well in that either. And he's like, I cannot get over how much he sees kids for who they are as whole human beings. Mm -hmm. Even though their brains need time to develop, Mm -hmm. they're still learning. They're still a full human being and deserve all the respect and one of the things that he said was what are you doing to show that you love the kids who are inconvenient to love Mm. because those are the kids who grew up to be Jason Reynolds (laughs) (laughs) or like those are the because you know those are the kids that are gonna make society a better place because they're gonna challenge things they're gonna come with questions about the status quo and that's gonna make you uncomfortable and you're just gonna be like why can't you just deal with the way it is and Mm -hmm. they're the people who are challenging the way it is and exactly they make us a better society so i I could go on forever but if i do it we ain't gonna get to nothing (laughs) so 
Are you still reading your Catalina Cove? I am. How's it going? It's going great. Are they in the cove? Did they get to the cove? Yes, they got to the cove. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's a, a young lady who left the cove because when she got pregnant as a teen, the cove can't know about it. Mm -mm. She had to get out the cove. She had, well, yeah, that's true. She had I don't to get know out why I cove. really love the cove. It's like a thing. <laughs> We need to find a cove around here so we could just go. So she moved away to New York. She lost the baby actually oh. a couple of days after having the baby. So she left the town because she said, you know, they were, some of the people were mean to her and wasn't going to deal with it anymore. So she moved to New York and she was there for all the, her adult years and everything. And the guy who was the father of the baby didn't stand up for her mm. like he should have. Yeah because he was from a wealthy family and his father had always told him, you know, make sure you keep the family's name in a good spotlight. So she went back to Catalina Cove because her aunt had passed away and her aunt owned a bed of breakfast there. And she left her to do whatever she wanted to do with the inn. And she, you know, of course, coming back to town after so many years of not being there, she thought, People were going to still remember her from the scandal. The Cove knows all your secrets. Right. And so, <laughs> surprisingly, they were actually nice to her and, and everything. And she meets the sheriff. Oh, snap. He gives her a ticket as soon as she comes into town. Oh, for being too seen. hot? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because once he looked at her face and saw how beautiful she was, then yeah, he was immediately smitten. So where I am right now in this wonderful novel from Brenda Jackson, the sheriff is making plans to come and visit her in New York so that they can see what it is that's being sparked between them because he's a widow mm -hmm. and she is newly divorced within the last year, I think it is. Let's see if so, your baggage matches my baggage. I guess, yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. But they definitely know something is definitely hot Ooh. between them. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm just like, okay, I can't wait to see how you all are going to map this out. So. Is he a cinnamon roll? Do you know that term? No. The cinnamon roll is like the man who's squishy. And he's like got all the feelings, mm -hmm. you know. And he's just like a little cinnamon roll of goodness. Is he one of those? Or is he the man that there's, I feel like there are shades of romance men where mm -hmm. there's the one on the one extreme who has no idea of his own feelings and he's mm -hmm. so out of touch and he's just like, why is this woman bothering me? And it's like, cause you lying crying, boo, <laughs> And then you have the one on the other side who's like, I love her so much. And that's your cinnamon roll, I feel like, oh, okay. for the most part. I could be getting it wrong, but I don't think I am. And I like the one in the middle where he's like, he's a little buff and he's like, mm -hmm. You know, I'm a man. I can't talk about my emotions, but on the side, I got some emotions. They for you, boo. I love it. Well, I'm not sure. Sawyer Griffin. Oh my is goodness, yeah. that is such a romance, right? Name. Exactly. I love it. Sawyer um, Griffin. She, uh, he, he's, um, he's just guarding his heart completely. He lost his wife, oh. uh, to cancer. And so I think he's just trying to, this is the first woman that has actually turned his head in all the years that his wife has been, you know, gone. And not just that, he's raising a daughter, a teenage daughter. She's going to be going to college soon. So, I mean, so he's, he's got things in his life. Right. Yeah. And the same thing with her, you know, she, found out that her husband had been cheating on her with the boss's wife and she thinks that he married her to kind of hide their affair 
Oh. But of course, now they're not married anymore. So, you know, it's probably going to come out into the open. And so she's hesitant for two reasons. One, she doesn't trust, you know, the men. But she knows there is definitely a spark between them. So she's interested. But the idea of him being from Catalina Cove, trying to have a relationship with a man from Catalina Cove, you know, that's like history repeating itself. And she just doesn't want a whole bunch of drama. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm hoping that both of them <laughs> will get their feelings out in the open once he comes to New York. Yeah. And she's already decided, but she hasn't told him yet, that she's going to go ahead, move back to the Cove so she can take over her aunt's bed and breakfast. Okay. And run it because she loved it as a child. And so... Well, it seems like they're pretty serious about each other already, just not willing to admit it. They had a steamy little kiss at, some, at one of oh, their oh. friends' little party he was throwing. And yeah, so... Was the heat waves a-rolling? The heat waves were a-rolling. She Oof. said she felt weak in the knees. Oh, no. Uh -uh. <laughs> so... It's getting good. I love Brenda Jackson's romance. She's she's the number one romance author that I will read no matter what she writes. Yeah. Um, I've been rolling with her for a long time. I have some of her older books from back in the nineties, so you know, I'm I'm a I'm a fan for life, so I'm just a romance goob. Like really? I love a good rom mystery and thriller and suspense are the ones that I gravitate towards to the most. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I have a special place in my heart. I go there when I want to get goofy and I want to watch, <laughs> I want to just, you know, yeah, bop around and watch two people. Like, I really love a romance where they're just so unwilling to admit it. I'm just like, come right. on. I want to poke at it. Just, yeah. you, you know you I like, like it. it when they can't stand each other. Oh, yes. Those are That's, the best. Yes. That is it. the best, and and they're just adamant that I hate you, but I just don't know what's pulling me towards you. It's so like, you, like high school, kindergarten, playground, and I just love it. <laughs> so I have to bring in my mother on this real quick because of the fact that I was a big romance reader as well. So I was reading the really nice, soft, harlequin romances mm -hmm. from back in the day when I was in middle school. And I don't know how my mother actually figured out that I was reading the books, but she was like, you know, I don't want you reading this. <laughs> Nicole, right. I just got that mental <laughs> image of you in your bed under the blanket with a flashlight reading the Harlequin. Not, not a flashlight, <laughs> but I definitely was hiding under the covers reading this. And I would take the books and I would put them underneath my mattress so she wouldn't find them. Not underneath the mattress, underneath the bed. <gasps> so she wouldn't find them. <laughs> and one day she found the one that I was reading. Oh, and I tried to explain to her then that, you know, this was something that was beyond, it may have been beyond what I thought it was about, but I liked the love story about it. Yeah. We don't take into account how a child grows up and maybe doesn't see that kind of love. Mm -hmm. So when they read about it, it's something that they continue want to be able to read. And so that was where my mind was. And I think she thought my mind was going gutterfied. gutterfied. I'm like, no, mom, no, you know. And so as an adult, it was so funny when I became a librarian. One of the very first things I said to her was, I get to read all the romance novels I want. <laughs> I, can, I can go gutterfied if I want, mama. Right. <laughs> I she it. just laughed at me. But yeah, I was a big Harlequin romance reader from middle school. And I'm talking like maybe 
eighth grade yeah is when I probably started reading but I was reading all kinds of stuff before that not romantic stuff but I was just reading books like that's how I fell in love with Danielle Steele's books in the early beginning so anywho I love a good romance I, I like it when there's even some of them that are cheesy you know, oh, I love it all. I, I think anybody who sneers at any genre is so sad. Like, you missing yeah. out. <laughs> exactly. And I've had to pull back because I wasn't a big sci-fi fan. And I've read a couple of sci-fi books in the past year that I really enjoy. So, it may be something I might try to, yeah. you know, slide into. Like, Lovecraft Yeah, I, mean, I was thinking about that because mm -hmm. you were reading that back. And, and I admit, I only started reading it because I was watching the TV show. But I, I really enjoyed it, being able to be immersed into it. I probably wouldn't have picked it up beyond, you know, the TV show. But I will say this, though, that I'm one of those people that I can read the book before the show or mm -hmm. or after the show. And it doesn't bother me, whereas people come like, no, I have to read the book first before I watch it. I'm, I'm either way. I can do that. I think I'm in the camp of that. Like, I want to read it before I watch it so I know what the original intent was. Mm -hmm. But if I watch it before I read it, I'm not going to, like, lose sleep over it. It's not, what's the term? Making a, I don't know what the term, what, what is it when you make a mole out of, mole? Mountain out of a mole? Yeah, that one. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's not a molehill I'm willing to make into a mountain. Okay. That's where I was trying to go with it. I see where you're going. Failed, because it took so long to get <laughs> But... Yeah, it's just, it's cool to read it to see what the author's original intent was. But, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't get to it, you life's right. too short. Exactly. I'm still over here in graphic canon land because... <laughs> That's a big book, though. Life is busy. But I learned recently there were... I did not know this, and I, I feel like somebody out there, maybe it's something I'm just shaming myself for. Did you know there are 13 books in the Wizard of Oz series? I knew that there were a lot of books. I didn't know that there were 13. So Homeboy came out I with... I know of the first three for sure. Yeah. I mean, they're all in the same universe. Your girl had no idea. I was <laughs> like, you say, what now? And then there's these weird character names. The only reason I know this is because the graphic canon of children's literature introduces Wizard of Oz and the artist who was assigned that children's literature mm -hmm. said, I'm going to make a quick graphic adaptation of every single book in the series Ooh. and so i think in the book it said that the adaptation ended up being like two yards long oh, wow. or something because it was like if you put it all on one sheet of paper it was mm -hmm. gonna be that long mm. i don't know i just started reading the first bit of it though because i got caught up at the circulation desk but mm -hmm. and the, <laughs> the adaptation makes it so you know they turn it on the head and Dorothy looks really ugly, and it's just like, it's so funny. It gets you out of your preconceived notions right, of what yeah. you are expecting. Right. So let's talk about new materials, what you no, got no, for no, me. No, 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 it no. looks like you got a lot of young adult stuff. Which It is. It's all about YA today. You know, I really, really wish that we had more teens that were coming in and checking out books from the library. You know, there's just such a good plethora of genres that even in the last six years alone that have been brought out that really connect, I feel, to different types of teens and mm -hmm. what they enjoy. I just feel like that they just are missing out on so much. But anyway, the first one I wanted to mention is a book called The Betrothed by Kiara Cass. She's also the author of 
maybe one of the most checked out. If it is, it's probably checked out by adults too. <laughs> and I have no shame in reading YA, by oh, the way. Yeah. Her other series is called The Selection, and that one was pretty popular. Okay. And so she's bringing out this new one, but it's still, I think, going to be along the same side of royal fantasy romance kind of thing mm -hmm. with the betrothed and i think that those who have loved kiara Cass previous novels will enjoy this one as well yeah i just think the cover art is just so pretty yeah she's I'll, in a gold dress and like she's essentially in a corner yeah and she's got this gold bald gown on thing and she's standing in a corner and the, the walls are so golden that her reflection is back on her yeah. but it's not a mirror it's like a gold right. gilded right and the roses and the way her hair is just done up is just so pretty and majestic. I mean, so yeah, this is definitely going to be something royal. In fact, it says the king has chosen her. Her heart belongs to another. Dun, 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 dun. Maybe that's one of those ones where they hate each other first. Maybe. She's like, I don't want to be with you. I'm over here liking this dude. Right, exactly. But that was Kira Cass's new book. Next up is a sequel. So the first book by Rebecca Hanover was called The Similars. Okay. And I bought that because I was trying to bring some more genres into the YA section that would get them to look at some different things. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of fantasy. And so I was trying to bring in some things like suspense and all kinds of stuff. And so this one is definitely a suspense one. It's called The Pretenders. Okay. It's the sequel to The Similars, and just this little part on here alone is enough to make anybody want to read it because it says, this year is going to be a killer. Uh, it's along the same lines as that the book One of Us is Lying. Okay. I think it's going to be I in loved that. <laughs> right. One of Us is Lying by right. Karen M. McManus. Yeah. Definitely along those lines. And I just, I think it'll be a good one if you want to get out of a rut. Well, and YA suspense is so much more, like I read a lot of suspense and mm -hmm. I read adult suspense and then I'll go into YA suspense. I was actually looking downstairs in the YA section because I was like, I want to read something that newer in the YA so I know what's coming out mm -hmm. and everything. But everything that looked interesting to me was a mystery or a thriller. And I was like, why am I gravitating so hard to this? <laughs> and, you know, uh, for the YA books in our collection, we normally put the genre up top. Mm -hmm. Everything I was picking up was suspense. <laughs> I was like, Tori, stop this. And so I found one that was called, the title is called Fugly. Oh, okay. I think I remember and that one. And one of the main characters, her name is Tori. And she spells it exactly like I do. T-O-R-I. And she's a internet troll. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I feel offended. <laughs> but I was like, you're a bad representation of the Tories. Come on now. She's an internet troll. And the I was reading the inside summary. Mm -hmm. And she's like, come on. Don't act like you don't... Do it too. And I'm like, I don't do it, Tori. <laughs> I got things to do. I'm not sitting here trolling on people. And oh um, essentially she, from my understanding, she makes friends with this person and eventually hurts them from her trolling, which, yes, oh. as should happen. As <laughs> should happen. Internet trolls are not cool. Don't do it. <laughs> right, exactly. Don't, like, go get a hobby, please. Right. And don't make trolling your hobby. Like, the right. story does. I'm going to read it because I want to see if she grows as a character. Yeah. And plus, I have an investment now. Yes. I know that this tor this fictional Tori is out here making me look bad. I feel, like I feel personally attacked. I don't know why. 
Oh, God. That was under the family and friendship genre, though. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, this is family and friendship. And then I saw that she's hurting her friends. And I was like, no, Tori, don't do it. What is happening? <laughs> So, yeah, next book. you know, when uh, when we picked the genre stickers, because we were having kids who were saying, you know, hey, I want just, let's say, fantasy books. And we just wouldn't, we wanted to know just from a glance, which ones would be the best to be able to offer to them. And so the genre stickers came about. So when we had the idea of putting those stickers, we were like, okay, we've got these books that are, you know, they're not, they're not talking about any kind of like killing folks kind of thing. <laughs> no violent, you know, it's yeah. these, these books that weren't violent, these books that weren't having a full-fledged uh, relationship like in it. Realistic contemporary fiction. Right. And I didn't know wh which direction to go to be able to name that particular sticker mm -hmm. for that book. And so we were like, you know, a lot of these books are about the kids having friends or, or people that are not being friendly. And then you've got the family issues where, you know, you've got some, a teenager trying to navigate their home life or anything of that. So yeah. that's why we were like, well, let's just name this friendship and family because this really is just about their lives and, and the two things that I think maybe is the most important to teens. Definitely. I mean, that impacts your entire development as a teen is how your yeah. family life is and how, and teens especially, your friends are your identity. Right. Well, what's so, this other one? I want to know. And then the last one is I Don't like Ask title. Me Where I'm From. Ugh. And this is by Jennifer DeLeon. It's so gorgeous. And I love it that is. title. I do too. When I picked this out to get from off of Amazon, I know they say never judge a book by its cover, but a lot of the times that's what grabs me. And I go and read their little summary in the inside and not just that, like I said at the beginning, the writers are getting so good at putting out stories of all types of people with all types of issues, because we all have gimme, issues. Gimme, gimme, gimme. And look. so with that, um, she is, the main character is a Latinx teen, and she gets accepted into an elite school where she is absolutely the minority, and she has to decide if she wants to be able to speak her truth about who she is, or let the walls around her crush her. Can I, like, slide my new one in with this? Because I feel like it, yeah. that's a topic that's talked about. For my new books, I'm focusing all on juvenile, and I have one of the Autism Resource Center books for my read and recommended mm -hmm. part. But this, yeah, sure. So this part, I'm opening that book, Don't Ask Me Where I'm From by Jennifer DeLeon. I noticed... Celeste Ng actually blurbs the front. Mm -hmm. Celeste Ng is the author of Little Fires Everywhere. I don't know why that book does not have a Pulitzer. I'm still on the train for that. 2017 it came out and I'm still like, where's Celeste Ng's Pulitzer? She needs right. a Pulitzer. How dare you not give her one for that book? It was a masterpiece. Well, well now you're making me scared because it is on my to-be-read list. I haven't gotten to it yet. Oh, no. Don't come Don't come. I'm coming for you. No. How dare you not? <laughs> Look. Now, of course, okay. you know, I absolutely loved the, t the TV show. Like, I mean, it didn't want it to end. And you know it's not coming. It's not, there's not a yeah, season no. two. And I was like, They ah! did the book. Okay. And I was sitting there. I read the book first so mm -hmm. I could watch the show. Because that's how I am. I'm mm -hmm. going to read the book. See what the And I was sitting here. They stayed pretty faithful to it. There's really? some things that didn't happen. And there are some things that they moved around. They stayed pretty faithful to it. One thing that I thought was not clear enough was mm -hmm. that 
the mother in Little Fires Everywhere, the reason she had so much animosity towards the fourth child who was mm. her daughter. It wasn't communicated well to me in the TV show was not that she just didn't want to have another kid. It was that she felt like she, this life was something she just was told to do in a sense. Mm. And she was doing what she was told to do and then didn't find it fulfilling. And that resentment came out towards that fourth child that she had. Right. But it wasn't any, you know, for me reading the book, I didn't see it as you are the sole reason my life is unhappy. <laughs> yeah. And I felt like that was how it was in the show. That's not how I felt like the character was in the book. Okay. So I think that's an important thing. Okay. Back to this thing. Okay. In the book summary inside the inner flat, it says there's the wall Liliana creates within herself because to survive at Westburg, she can't just lighten up. She has to whiten up. Yeah. Ooh. And how often do minorities feel that way in regards to moving, to either moving to the United States for the first time or moving from one place to another in the United States and having to reacclimate themselves into a, a new society that is that doesn't look like them, you know? And you just set me up to talk about Mindy Kim well, and the young That's exactly what Mindy Kim is having to face. Okay. This is a new book. I actually attended a book list webinar and they talked about this and I put it on that list I sent you and you purchased okay. it for me because you're a goddess and you're Aww. a divine being. Thank you. It is a brand new chapter book. It's a younger middle grades. It's very short. I read it in two hours at most working the circulation desk downstairs yesterday because it's <laughs> it's only about 80 pages and it's got illustrations throughout so it is for your younger grades like third fourth second through fourth maybe a first grader who's got a higher reading level could definitely get into this book okay. but mindy kim is this adorable korean girl and She's she cute. she has the sweetest heart oh. oh my goodness it was knocking me over with how sweet this little girl is and her mother has passed away and her father is actually having a very hard time. Mindy is very resilient. She knows her mom loved her. Mm -hmm. She knows that her mom would have wanted her to move on. And right. as like an, a little eight-year-old, that is so insightful and like, right. but it's something I feel like a little eight-year-old would know in mm -hmm. a sense. If you were very loved by your parent and they passed on, you would still have that. But little kids have this resilience that I think wears off as we get older. But anyways, her father and her have to move to Florida from California wow. and she is the only person of color in her school that she can oh, see wow. and there's a scene where she notices her teacher has this disappointed tone when she pronounces her Korean name because mm. she does she doesn't go by her Korean name but you know that's what shows up on her records and right. she's like pronounces it with this air of like how inconvenient of you to bring your culture into my classroom mm. and this is just gross but it's not in a way that's not unapproachable for a child at this age to be reading this mm. so it just reminded me of your book reminded me of this book in the mm -hmm. way that she has to face that and essentially mindy starts selling her seaweed snacks because she brings them to lunch and she gets made fun of it fun of for having yeah. her seaweed snacks when they're really good like crunchy snacks she gets at the korean market mm -hmm. And one of her friends says, well, hey, you know, you could start selling those, Michael old Because <laughs> Mindy's whole goal in this whole book, she wants to make her dad feel better. Yeah. And she is convinced that to <laughs> make her dad feel better, they need to get a puppy. <laughs> uh, of course, 
that is the the answer to everything. A pet. Period. And Mindy is obsessed with puppies. Aww. She has Shiba Inu shirts. She has corgi Crocs that she wears. <laughs> she has little husky notepads. She is obsessed with puppies, and she gonna get one. Dang it! And if she gotta sell her seaweed snacks to make a business, she gonna do it. Go ahead, girl. Yeah, well, that's the principal said, no, don't do that, sweetheart. Aww. So, so it's a good lesson about, you know, a lot of different things. But I did want to read you one thing because she's okay. so adult. And it says, I decorated my own room to show dad I'm responsible, quote unquote. <laughs> I'm trying to be more grown up. So I only put three dog stuffed animals on my bed. There are 10 more under my bed, but dad doesn't need to know that. They'll just have to take turns. Oh. And we have one and two, so this is a series, and the first one is Mindy, Kim, and the Yummy Seaweed Business by Lila Lee, and illustrated by Dung Ho, and it faces the same things that, well, I don't want to say the same things because I haven't read this other book, but it faces the same kind of prejudice mm -hmm. that Liliana Cruz is experiencing in Don't Ask Me Where I'm From mm -hmm. by Jennifer DeLeon, and it just goes to show how it doesn't matter what age you are, you mm -hmm. know? you're gonna experience prejudice all throughout your life. Yeah. And that's an unfortunate part of, especially in, you know, it could be something that people of all ages and minority groups face. And how do we go about approaching that? How do we navigate those situations? And I think it goes back to, it reminds me of what Jason Reynolds said. Like, mm -hmm. I can't read a book that ain't about me and my experiences. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just as important for people who are white to read these books and understand what it does to people mm -hmm. of color right. in those interactions. And exactly. I'm not speaking for all people of color. I'm not a person of color. But I think it's important to see how a person who is white can potentially have a damaging interaction with somebody and never know it if they're not educated about it. Exactly. Representation matters for everything. And when I'm trying to pick out books, I try to make sure I have the spectrum as best as possible because all I can think about as I'm selecting books is there's going to be that one Latina girl that's going to come in here looking for a book that's going to show her or an Asian young, young girl is going to come in here looking for that particular book. And because I took the time to really choose the books carefully, I'm going to be able to point them or somebody's going to be able to point them to the books that look like them and speak to them. And Definitely. I just, I think that's important. It's highly important. Well, and there, there's going to be the mom who is white and likes the illustration on the cover and reads it with her child right. and they see those interactions and they gain a little bit more empathy or they broaden their scope and yes. they start mm -hmm. to see some things from other cultures and right, exactly. you know there's some korean culture all throughout this book because the main character is right. korean so you get a little bit of exposure to it right, so exactly. do you have any other new books or do we cover no, others um, mm -mm. okay my next one is for the recommended okay so. well i have a second new book that we just got and you put it on my <laughs> cart and i squealed because i turned and there was an illustration of lilo and my favorite disney character stitch <laughs> Oh my goodness. The illustrations in this book are heavy because you need them because it is mis primeras. Oh, you said that's so nice. But it's my first thousand words, a picture word book. This is actually going in our juvenile nonfiction 400th section because I'm trying to beef that up. Mm -hmm. I think we need a little bit more and we do have some parents who come in and want to 
work on their Spanish speaking skills. We mm -hmm. have some people who are trying to learn some German. Uh, we occasionally get some Russian. Mm -hmm. So just kind of broadening their horizons at a very right. young age is always something that we would like to provide for our families. And mm -hmm. it covers different topics. Just looking in the table of contents, it's mm -hmm. home and family, town and community, having fun, animals and nature, things to know. You have a full index in the back mm -hmm. and each section has its Spanish counterpart. So it goes throughout and just gives you everything that you need to know about all the different things. So, you know, the first one is Mickey's house, La Casa de Mickey. <laughs> and you go through all the words, like yeah. uh, letters is Las Cartas. Just all different kinds of vocabulary words. And right. it makes it very fun and interesting because you have the Disney characters. And exactly. And both, both English uh, main speakers as well as non-English speakers can enjoy that book. Yes, yes. Very good point. So it is, it provides full English and full Spanish. So if a non-English speaking person picks up this book, right. they'll be able to learn some things just as much as somebody who wants to learn right. Spanish. So those are my two new books that I really wanted to talk about today because they're hot off the catalog and cart, fresh from <laughs> Nicole. Hot off the cataloging card. That's a new one. We've got to find a way to coin that. So what do you have that you're reading or recommending? I am recommending another YA book. This was an, a book that I actually read in October. It's called Full Disclosure by Cameron Garrett. And let me just start Ooh. by saying this book was written by a young lady who was named Teen Vogue's 21 Under 21 last year. In 2019. She's been busy. She's been busy. Um, this is her first novel, and it was amazing. So let me just read to you my Goodreads review. Okay. A 10-day read. That's how I wrote it. And what an amazing read it was. I can't believe that the author is under the age of 21 simply because the character's thoughts, reactions, silliness was genuine, mm -hmm. but not in a way that seemed forced. I absolutely adored Simone's tenacity in every part of her life. I loved how her teacher stood up for her against another teacher and rude parents. I loved how chaotic her family's Thanksgiving was because it reminded me of my own family holidays spent as a teenager. But beyond the love for all that, I have to say I loved Mal's reaction, acceptance, and tenderness to Simone's quote-unquote full disclosure. Mm. I swooned with the deepest awe because he handled it so well and didn't spoil a moment with ignorance and selfishness. This was such a good read. And mm. I made sure that even in my Goodreads um, review that I don't do spoilers. I don't like doing spoilers to people on, on Goodreads. Oh, Lord. I don't like it either. But I sometimes, <laughs> I just can't. I don't write reviews on Goodreads. I just start it. But I'm sorry. Apologies for all those I've spoiled already <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> But um, I, I wanted to leave it blank because just looking at the title, Full Disclosure, you, you know that something is definitely going to be told, but you don't know what. Yeah. And I want to keep that a mystery for our listeners mm -hmm. so that you'll go and read it. Usually, and it takes me about 30 days, about a month, to mm -hmm. read a book. Yeah. I read this in 10 days, so that, that says a lot for me. Yeah. 
that it, I had gotten that good into it that I was like, okay, I, I cannot put this down. I want to keep reading. I want to keep reading. Yes. And even when I read a book for 30 days, it's because, you know, life happens. I still have yeah. a, a daughter at home. I have a 21-year-old son. I have a husband. I have two new puppies. <laughs> I have a husband. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so, for me, this was definitely a, a it great It captivated one. your attention it to the point did. where. Yeah. It is by an African-American young lady. The main characters are African-American. And I just, oh, God, I just loved it. It was so, so good. So good. So definitely, if you have a chance and you want to check this juicy secret story, because okay. it's a secret, definitely come and check this out. Full Disclosure by Cameron Garrett. Okay. A young lady under 21 who actually wrote this. So That's awesome. Yep. So a really good book, for sure. So my, I have two read and recommended books. The first one is a graphic novel that I also have in my nonfiction section upstairs. It's called Child Soldier when boys and girls are used in war. And it's a heavy hitting topic, but it is actually written by Jessica D. Humphreys and Michelle Chiqua Nene. Mm -hmm. And I actually looked this up because I wanted to make sure I was pronouncing the author's name correctly. And that's something that was covered in an episode by one of the podcasts that inspired our podcast. So The Librarian is in by the New York Public Library. They did a whole podcast episode, not intentionally, but they got on the topic of pronouncing names correctly and what you what you communicate when you say, well, I don't want to pronounce their name. Because right. there's an argument that when you come across an author's name you don't know and you stumble over it, you're othering them. Which I am not somebody with a last name who could make that argument. But it's just an interesting concept to me of what people choose to do. I chose to look it up and I have had some author names in the past, even on this podcast, where I didn't look it up. And I kind of was like, oh, am I pronouncing this correctly? Mm -hmm. I think we both have in a sense. Yes. And so we're going to try to dedicate some time to looking up the author's names beforehand. We w may not always get to it because we are very busy. But I think that's something that you and I talked about was like, you know, like you're saying, representation matters. Mm -hmm. And Put some respect on my name. Yes. And so <laughs> I thought it was funny because I looked up... Uh, Michelle and on my quest to find out how he pronounced his last name because I knew Michelle was he was a motivational speaker because I read the book about how he's told this story before and this is just in the book form mm -hmm. and I actually found a YouTube video by YEG newcomers and he's giving his story about what happens in this book and he's mm -hmm. talking about it and he actually comes up with a little phonetic images of how to pronounce his name mm -hmm. so uh, he broke it down into four sections, and he put the image of somebody's cheek, mm -hmm. and then he put a person saying, wah, in the second part, and mm -hmm. then he put, uh, for the third part, uh, an image of somebody's knee, and so he was like, this is how you pronounce my name, and I'm happy to, you know, help you along with that, because that's a main question I get, yes. and he's, he made the point of saying, you know, I'm from the Democratic Republic of, I think he's from... Yes, Democratic Republic of the Congo, but mm -hmm. that's one country of a continent that gets wiped over a lot. Mm -hmm. Africa is so many different people, so many different nations. Yes. I don't know who's talking what language next to me right. half the time because it's not everybody's from this little village and that's what society tells us. Africa mm -hmm. is a fully developed continent and then it has places that are rural just like any right. other place. And he was actually talking about how he, he lived in a refugee camp. Mm -hmm for five years and they had pretty poor conditions they had one meal a day after they escaped from the violence in his own mm. country 
and he eventually got the chance to go to Canada through a refugee program and he got on the plane and he gets to Canada and he's like I see that there's a negative sign next to the temperature and they're saying it's 41 degrees or negative 41 degrees Celsius and I'm thinking well may I you know my cousins only told me what he knows about North Americans and how you run down the streets and you could run down the streets in white socks and not get dirty and there's a man named Michael Jordan and he gets paid 30 million dollars to put a ball in a basket he's like I heard that and I went and grabbed a basket and put a ball in it and he's like you're not you're telling me <laughs> Somebody across the world gets paid $30 million to put a ball in a basket. I just did that myself. <laughs> and then he was saying how they go to a park and they pay to see this mouse. And he goes, you mean, we've had mice run around our refugee tent all day and nobody paying to see them. So he was so like confused as to North American culture yeah. and like just based off what his cousin was telling him. And it was so funny. And he was very open about his experiences. He gets off the plane and it's snowing and he's like, what is this? I've never seen, do they eat snow here? Like what? Do, and so it was just so funny yeah. to hear about his experiences. But so Michelle grew up in a African community and he was actually taken by soldiers as a five-year-old while he mm. was playing soccer one day and he was actually forced to kill his best friend Aww. um that is depicted in the book but the the violence is off of the page um it is a graphic novel but the violence is out of panel but it's mm. it's a very it's a powerful way of telling the story because you can see the violence and you can see it for what it is and it's mm. a good way to i, I think approach it approach this topic with children to really get the point across that there are other children mm -hmm. in the world who are very taken advantage of mm -hmm. because of the economies of different countries. Michelle was saying in his speech that the whole reason this violence came, one, not the whole reason, one of the reasons this violence came to his country is because of the minerals that other countries wanted out of his country. Oh, okay. And these soldier armies were popping up everywhere and they were taking children to, mm -hmm. you know, and it was all centering all because of this mineral Mm. you know and yeah. people lost their lives over that and so it's very powerful some of the images you can just see this soldier yeah. here his eyes are very red around the it rims just, and he mm -hmm. is grimacing and I think it would be a very powerful depiction if you ever you know mm -hmm. and it's a good way to approach it as an adult like right. how do I want to find like if you were to ever hear about something like this and you want to go learn about it but you know you're going to come across some pretty graphic scenes. Right. What's a way to do that, to ease into that topic? Yes. I don't think anybody wants to see some of those graphic scenes. You know what you're mm -hmm. going to find. So what's right. a good way to protect yourself in a sense but still get the story straight from somebody who lived it? Exactly. So it's a, it's a pretty short graphic novel. It's only about 50 pages, but the back is very informative. It gives you some talk talking points to talk with children and to here's actually a picture of michelle himself okay all right. that's cool and he provides a little bit more of his backstory what he does now he arrived in canada at 16 years old and mm -hmm. it talks a, a lot about you know what's if you read this book with a child they're gonna be like well what what happened you know mm. what because children are very giving and they want to know what how can we help or they, right. they are inquisitive they want to know what happened and it gives you how the united nations is helping to mm. try to mitigate some of this violence and stuff like that and the back is like what can you do well you can educate yourself you can you know donate to causes yeah. because 
you know, it's not realistic to say that you could go over there as a child and help people. Right. But there are some things that he offers in the back of the book, and he even provides primary sources for further research for children who may be in elementary, middle school who need that kind of information. Right. So it's got a ton of educational value, and I think okay. it's a topic that I just feel like maybe people are not going to seek out themselves, and right. I want to promote it because... It's something that I think people need to know about, and it's a valuable story. And yeah. So that was Child Soldier When Boys and Girls Are Used in War by Jessica D. Humphreys and Michelle Chiquanine, and illustrated by Claudia Devila. And then my final book is The Reason I Jumped by Naoki Higashida, introduction by David Mitchell. This is in our Autism Resource Center collection. Okay. And so that can cover a wide variety of topics. It is focused on autism, but it does have some Asperger's topics, some other early childhood development topics in there, mm-hmm. as well as topics for adults. So it's not just a children's collection. Mm-hmm. It can span all ranges. But so Naoki Higashida, he was a teenager when he wrote this book and he has autism. He's nonverbal and he wrote this book to kind of just explain what he can't, what he feels like he can't communicate. Right. And it's little sections question three why do you ask the same questions over and over and it's a great way to start to understand the concept of autism Mm -hmm. for people who have no experience dealing with the topic or for parents who feel their child may be autistic or Mm -hmm. maybe on the spectrum and they're concerned about getting a diagnosis it's a really great way to start entering into that world and so he was 13 when he wrote the book and he right we got 21 year old 13 year old author But I just wanted to read the titular question. So it's literally a page. It has the question at the top. He answers it. And then you move on to the next question. It can be read in very bite-sized pieces because of this. And it has illustrations of fractals that are very interesting to Naoki himself. He finds them very stimulating to look at. So what's the reason you jump? What do you think I'm feeling when I'm jumping up and down, clapping my hands? I bet you think I'm not really feeling anything much beyond the manic glee all over my face. But when I'm jumping, it's as if my feelings are going upward to the sky. Really, my urge to be swallowed up by the sky is enough to make my heart quiver. When I'm jumping, I can feel my body parts really well too. My bounding legs and my clapping hands. And that makes me feel so, so good. So that's one reason why I jump. And recently I've noticed another reason. People with autism react physically to feelings of happiness and sadness. So when something happens that affects me emotionally, my body seizes up as if struck by lightning. Seizing up, quote-unquote, does not mean that my muscles literally get stiff and immobile, however. Rather, it means that I'm not free to move the way I want. So by jumping up and down, it's as if I'm shaking loose the ropes that are tying up my body. When I jump, I feel lighter, and I think the reason my body is drawn skyward is that the motion makes me want to change into a bird and fly off to some faraway place. But constrained by both ourselves and by the people all around us, all we can do is tweet-tweet, flap our wings, and hop around in a cage. Ah, if only I could just flap my wings and soar away into the big blue yonder over the hills and far away. Oh, that feels so good. It's like, I've had that feeling, you know, where you get overcome with emotion and you just want to, like... Yeah. You want to run, you want to do, like, you want to physically react. So It just, it's... I, I don't have anything else to add, you know? I yeah. feel like I should let him do the talking. Yeah, I agree. So, 
Definitely. That's a very, there's a follow-up book to it. He does have a second book that he wrote, I believe, when he was 17, so. Okay. Naoki out here writing books that, like, teenage users. <laughs> I'm still here, minding my business. <laughs> Anyways, it's just very profound, and okay. it makes you see things in a different worldview that I think is very valuable, okay. for sure. Okay. So, mic drop, man. Yes. I, I just, I don't have nothing to, I mean, we can do not book recommendations, obviously, but, like, let's. <laughs> Okay, just sit with that for a minute. Hit pause yes. on the podcast and just right. think, you know? Man. Right. So. I'll be a bird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my uh, non-book recommendation is actually a website as well as an app. It's called mm-hmm. Wattpad. I've heard of this. W-A-T-T-P-A-D. I've seen, okay, tell me this. So, Wattpad considers itself the world's most loved social storytelling platform for both readers and writers. Okay. And I got connected to this website because of my daughter. She enjoys writing anime and and manga stories. Okay. And I happened to read one of hers that she allowed me to read. And it was just amazing. I was like, wow, you're so good. Yeah. So I decided I'd try my hand at some fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Now, anybody who knows me knows that I am the, well, not the, because I know some other people, but one <laughs> of the biggest fans of the college sitcom that was out in the 80s and 90s called A Different World. Okay. And I loved it. I let, literally love it. I rewatch it constantly throughout the year. Mm-hmm. I can repeat phrases and all kinds of stuff. It's it's. I am not ashamed. <laughs> Don't be. I am not ashamed. Don't be. So what I decided to do was I thought it'd be interesting to write some stories based on a few of the supporting characters' point of view. Mm-hmm. And it was because I really wanted to, I mean, I love the main characters. I kind of feel like I already know how their life would have gone. But you never know or ever think about the supporting characters in TV shows mm-hmm. or whatever and what their lives could have gone to be. So I had a lot of fun with my first draft and I wrote the second one towards the end of last year, but I haven't been able to get back to it. Mm -hmm. Life happened. Yeah. And I guess now will be a good time to bring, get back into it because um, the holidays are coming up, but I had fun and you can read all that. They list them in genres, kind of like what you were talking about with webtoons, of Mm -hmm. course, but this isn't a a, a graphic uh, story reading, even though people can put pictures, but it was fun for me. Mm-hmm. It was it was fun to be able to sit down and think like my characters or think like the characters and, and be able to create this ongoing past the time the television show ended and keep the memory of this television show alive through mm-hmm. some, you know, very simple fan fiction. And I think it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, I read my stuff. I mean, I've Again? seen books that have been published from Wattpad. Like, yes. We have books come through the system, and I look down, and it'll say a Wattpad creation. And, like, it's something that somebody wrote on Wattpad, mm-hmm. and they got picked up by a publisher. And I'm like, yeah. "Go what? Okay. Yes. Show out. So, wow. Who knows? I might get picked up. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I loved reading it, and I loved re- I love how the younger kids are actually – getting involved in it and you're starting to see a lot of creativity with the with just anybody who can get on there and write it's free to sign up and everything to set up your account it Mm -hmm. even helps you set it up so that you know you you can publish it to wattpad when you get ready Mm -hmm. but it can stay in draft form for as long as you need it to so it's a great platform i think anybody would enjoy if you want to just sit down and start writing your story great place to start 
And I think, especially with side characters, they're so much easier to do like fan fiction for because it's almost like the thing that makes you want to write the fan fiction is the reason why it's easy because they're not fully fleshed out. Whereas right. your main characters, they have canon, which for the lingo, mm -hmm. canon is something that happens that the author wrote. Mm -hmm. She, he or she said it was very much in the storyline. They proved it or. Mm -hmm said so after the fact an alternate universe or fan fiction or anything like that is stuff based on the characters that didn't actually happen mm. so you know when i say the main character has a lot of canon stuff you have mm. a lot of things that actually happened in that series book whatever you're reading watching and you can't i mean you can deviate from it but like there's a, a definite path carved for those people or right. those characters Whereas the side characters, you can play for days right. because they don't have, you know, their their story stops at a certain point. Right. And you can pick it up from there and run with it. Yes. And some of my favorite fan fiction is from side characters because I'm like, <laughs> I never would have thought that. But it's, right. and some of the goofy things that people come up with and the situations they put mm -hmm. side characters in. Because you always got the side character who's really goofy mm -hmm. and you've always got the side character who brings on the drama mm -hmm. and they're there to stir the pot right and then they leave can i be that side character in my own life i just want to <laughs> stir the pot and leave um, watch out now tori from from <laughs> <Right? Fugly. laughs> look i'm gonna read that and get back to you because i'm so i'm i'm not over it. i'm salty i respect this author's choice as a character name but as a as also a Tory. I'm like, why she gotta be a troll, man? <laughs> why she gotta be a troll? But anyways, okay. my non-book recommendation is the TV series by Aaron Sorkin called Newsroom. Mm -hmm. And follows a newscaster named Will. Mm -hmm. And Jeff Daniels is the main character in it. And so the premise, the very first episode, Will's executive producer. So essentially, Will's the guy sitting behind the desk you're watching on the news show every morning. And his executive producer is the guy behind the screen saying, "Hey, in thirty seconds, you're gonna we're gonna roll to this segment. Here's what you need to say." Mm. <laughs> his executive producer is moving to a different block and leaving him, and he's he is salty. <laughs> and you know, it's the angst for me again, Nicole, because the, the newsroom is so good. Essentially, I fought my husband on watching this show for like, because <laughs> I'm that person. If you tell me to watch it, I'm never gonna watch it. I know that's bad because I'm giving out recommendations. Like, how dare <laughs> Like, that don't make no sense. Right. But it's just something in me. It's, it's something in me. Like, I, you recommend it and my brain says, don't do it. Just to be, just to be petty. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm trying to grow as a person. I'm, 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 I, I know my, I know my flaws, guys. But, uh. Right. I fought him on this show. And mm. let me tell you what, when we started watching it, it is on Amazon Prime. You can purchase it. He didn't think he purchased it. I think he purchased it. <laughs> I don't I don't know what he was doing because I, I went to my Amazon Prime and it was now for free. So I was like, did you buy this? And he was like, no. I was like, yeah, you bought it and you didn't know you bought it. <laughs> that has happened. I have purchased something and not realized it. I sat on my Amazon Fire Stick one time and bought a movie. <laughs> oh, wow. And my dad came up and he's like, because I was on his account and I and my dad said, why did you buy Meet Me in St. Louis? I was like, I didn't mean to. I sat on the remote. Which, <laughs> side note, great non-Christmas Christmas movie, Meet Me in St. Louis. Top tier. Okay. But, so there's two in one. Any Back to my thing. The newsroom. <laughs> it is so good. And it follows the, okay, Barack Obama was elected in 2008. Mm -hmm. Four years from there is 2012. 
I can do math. <laughs> and so it follows the 2012 election. It follows like real life events that actually happened Ooh. in their fictional newsroom and how, you know, he's perceived. And I, I, I know people have seen the clip of the very first episode. He's at this college and he's on stage with this Republican and this Democrat and he's in the middle and somebody asks him what makes America the greatest country in the world. And he says, it's not anymore. We don't mm. care anymore. We're this number in infant mortality rate. We're this in literacy. We're this. America is not the greatest country anymore. Mm. And it gets a lot of blowback. And that one snippet, like, what I, is ironic is it's part of the show as, like, that one thing gets pulled and he gets villainized for what he said and all this stuff. And ironically, that's the one clip that everybody knows from that show because it gets pulled and, like, people are like, yeah, it's not the great. And then, you know, people villainize that and it's, like, meta because it's happening. <laughs> but it's, and they think it's a real person who's saying it, but mm. he, it's just his character. Right. And he will is that romance character where he's so not in touch with his emotions and he's, like, over here beating his head against the wall as to why this woman won't leave him alone. And he's like, because you love her. And so... <laughs> Right. And, you know, there's a, it. there's a history there. His, The executive producer that his boss signs on to work with him is his ex-girlfriend who happened to, they broke up, and he was deeply in love with her, and it wasn't his fault. That's all I'll say. And uh, it is, it's only three seasons, and mm -hmm. we totally binged it. And let me tell you what, I was sobbing at the end of it. Like, oh. straight up sobbing for the entirety of the last episode because I was like blubbering on the couch and my husband's looking over at me like you know when they want you to watch it to watch you watch it yeah he was doing that one on me and I was like stop looking at me <laughs> like ugly crying because Aww. it was so so good and the writing was so amazing and I think the way it ended was very and it was it actually got canceled and mm. the creator of the show I was asking my husband, I was like, why did this end? Like, tell and he actually looked it up for me and found out that the creator, Aaron Sorkin, just felt like he could never get the show to go where he wanted it to. Mm. And he felt like he could never get the characters to go. To and I felt none of that, Nicole. Like, I was <laughs> so invested. I had so many ships happening all at once and ships. I don't know if you know what ships yeah, are. Relationships. Yeah, relationships. Yes. So when you ship two characters, you hope that they get into a relationship together. I had like three different ships at once, and they were all sailing at different times. And I was like, ah! and then so many things were. And then people were pairing off with the wrong people, and I was concerned about that. And then all that is happening in this. You know, there's a lot of romance elements to it, but it's like a journalistic newsroom setting. So a lot of real life stuff is happening, and. Like, money is being lost. Millions of dollars are at stake. Lawsuits are there because mm. of poor reporting and somebody... I'm not going to spoil I'm not going to spoil it. Don't spoil no, it. I'm not going to spoil Don't it. Don't do it. But somebody does something bad. Oh, gosh. And then they all have to pay for it. Oh, And it gets wow. really bad. And, like, they almost go under. And it's just... It's the angst for me. The angst. The angst. The angst. I can't help it. I love a good drama llama. Yeah. And... Oh, it was just so good. So that's the newsroom. So, so good. Mm. I, this is my public apology to my husband for fighting with him on that show. <laughs> it was good. You were right. Aww. You'll never hear me say it again. <laughs> this is why I put, I, I said it on a recording for you. <laughs> so, yeah, that was. Everything. That was yeah, that's all I got. 
That's all we got. Well, you know, this is a good podcast. We really were on the same wavelength. We rarely, I mean, we're, we probably don't sit down and say, hey, this is what I'm going to talk about ahead of time. Oh, we never but, do. Yeah. <laughs> there's so no then, planning. Right. There's no planning with this. And so it's like we were in sync with our minds when we got ready to choose for this particular yeah. episode. So I kind of like that we don't plan it. So we I know do. what happens. And we're just like, oh, you too? Yeah. It's so right. good. But yeah, well, I will see you next week, girl. All right, then. Not that I won't see you downstairs in like two minutes. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you next week for another Worth Reading Wednesday. All right, now. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.